now. Back to Sports 56 Mornings. Isn't it a lovely morning? On Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. back everyone 806 the time we're hanging in there the day after the super bowl for me two days of mardi gras then the super bowl this needs to be a national holiday as i said to open up the show not because of me at the mardi gras parades but because of the super bowl man work production ain't happening today make it a national holiday welcome back to the program hour two on this monday february 12th 2024, Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, Zach Boyd with you from the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, their floor model sale continues at 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. Currently, it is 45 degrees. We're looking at a high of around 48. Mostly cloudy, but rain chances in the forecast. Looking at the hourly forecast, looks like about 1030, maybe the first round. Two o'clock, two o'clock, maybe the second round. Again, that can vary. But tonight, it's going to dip down to the freezing mark. We could see a little of the white stuff. So could see a wintry mix. But then the rest of the week looks pretty strong, including tomorrow where the sun will be shining. We're looking at a high of about 54. Then Wednesday, 62. Thursday, 64. Before it starts to cool down again and rain comes in at the end of the week. Second hour of the program brought to you each and every day by our friends at James Gaddis Jewelers. And every Monday and Friday, they bring you the Memphis Sports Fact. Did you know? Memphis Tigers star David Jones, after leading the team in scoring yesterday in the Tigers' 90-78 win over Tulane, has led the Tigers in scoring 20 times in 24 games, and he's reached 20 points 15 times in those 24 games. Went for a double-double yesterday. We'll talk Tigers in a little bit. Scored 23 points out of 10 rebounds in the Tigers' win. Valentine's Day, gentlemen, is Wednesday. If you have yet to purchase something perfect for your loved one, for your girlfriend, for your wife, for your daughter, for your mom, for your grandmom, and women, you could do it for your men as well. But James Gaddis Jewelers has everything you need. They are your family's jeweler, 4,900 popular between men and all in St. Nick. The website, GaddisJewelers.com, you don't even have to leave your home or your office. Just go online to GaddisJewelers.com. You can shop there 24-7. They have all types of specials going on for Valentine's Day, all types of different jewelry that I guarantee you uh, someone in your life will cherish it. They will love you for it. So please stop by James Gaddis Jewelers for Valentine's Day for any time of the year. And of course, for those who are getting engaged, they are your bridal engagement and anniversary jeweler headquarters. It's James Gaddis Jewelers. Shout out to our good friend, Devin Steele, who you know from his time here in Memphis. He's down in the Atlanta area. He said, enjoying you guys in six lanes of traffic in Atlanta. So when you think it's bad in Memphis, it can be worse. Six lanes of traffic in Atlanta. He said, another Memphis connection to the Super Bowl Jackson State Band, they performed with Usher, their marching band. Their uniforms were designed by Memphis designer Rich Fresh. Rich Fresh is a uh, celebrated tailor to numerous athletes and actors. So a a big-name designer right here in Memphis. Shout out Rich Fresh. Zach, have you ever heard of Rich Fresh? I have not, but I got to check him out now. Yep, check out that Jackson State. Uh, If you have the video, if you DVD'd it, uh, make sure you look at it and... uh, 
look at the beautiful uniforms, and you know that they came from a designer right here in Memphis. Thank you, Devin. The um, Zach is Usher known for taking his shirt off like during performances? Like, is that his thing? Yes. Okay, because you could have bet whether he would show a nipple last night. Although no was the favorite, and you would have won. You could have got plus one ten odds on the uh, on the nipple showing. <laughs> and the other, like, I don't know, like. Like Lil John, Ludacris, and Alicia Keys were all the, were the three favorites to appear on stage with him. Is he like? Is that like? Was that because like they got word that those guys are going to be there, or is he just like? Is that because like he's does he have collaborations with them? Like I think normally, he, yeah, I think there's a collaboration. At least one song. I, I was talking about this when we were driving back from New Orleans to Memphis. I want to get confirmation from Zach. Zach, there's a song that Usher has collaborated with with some of those artists that performed with him, correct? Yes. Okay, so, because Lil John was the favorite to appear on stage with he was, him. They did a song together. They have, right? they they have a song. Ludacris, yeah, right? and Ludacris. Okay, and the Ludacris was second, and Alicia Keys was third. Like, they were all minus odds to appear. So, they all, he's worked with all of them? Yeah, so there was yeah that. he's had a song with all three of them. And then Will I Am. Now, Will I Am was plus yeah. 1,200. Wow, good money. You, you could have won big money on Will I Am. And there was the rumors that Bieber was coming, coming out there. I had heard the rumors, but that didn't happen. No. Is there a collaboration he has with Justin Bieber? He has one song with Bieber. I can't think of it. See, that's why those names were popping up, because of the collaborations. There's a lot more collaborations in the last, I don't know, 20 what years What was of the music. first song that he did? Caught Up. Caught Up? Uh, that was 8 to 1 as first song. You could want some money on Usher. Good odds. You would have went... Caught up first song with a Will I Am on stage with him and little nipple showing. Little nipple action. Parlay. Parlay the three together. Gonna nail it. So I know it's much ado about nothing. The little sideline fracas there between Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid. They go on, they win the Super Bowl, their third in five years. Kumbaya after the game, of course, Travis talking glowingly about Andy Reid, and they are close. There's no question about it. But in the moment, Travis was heated. He wasn't on the field. He said, put me in the game. I'll score the touchdown. But he bumps his coach, Andy Reid, gets in his face, is belly aching. I'd like to use a different term, during the game. I know these are professionals. This is not a kid going after a coach. But that's a little much. And I love Travis Kelsey. But that's a little much. That's a little disrespectful to this genius who is Andy Reid. I know you're upset, and you can bark your complaints. The guy's coaching a game right there, and he bumps him and gets in his face and is screaming at him. And, of course, you know he's shocked at the, um, you know, in the postgame talking about how they, they caught that. Well, they're going to catch that. Maybe they didn't catch what he said exactly, and, that's, and he, he alluded to that. But they're going to catch that actual confrontation because they see everything. Cameras are everywhere. I thought that was a little much by Travis Kelsey. I thought he crossed the line. I, obviously, he startled the hell out of Andy. <laughs> I mean, like Andy had seen like seen a ghost of somebody coming. Um, I mean, that's all to me. Like that's just that's about what the relationship is between that player and that coach. Like if you if that's I, you know, certain guys can get away with that, probably other guys can't. Certain coaches are. You know, would be like you're done. <laughs> Others are fine. I mean, that that I think just comes down to whatever the relationship is between player and coach of what 
who will accept that, not accept that, who knows they can kind of go yell at the head coach if they want to, and it's not going to be the coach isn't going to lose his mind about it. Yeah, it didn't seem to be a problem, but they won. If they had lost, I don't know if it would have been made uh, more of an issue by the media. I mean, Andy, I know he was startled. He should have turned around once he got his composure and just said, give me some of those nuggies. Maybe Travis would have laughed and the, uh, went away. I'm still trying. The, the, the Travis Kelsey in the post-game awards ceremony, that was... Uh, that was a that was a trip. I didn't even watch that. Holy cow! <laughs> uh, he was he wore me out. Dude, he's got. I he, couldn't care less of that post game stuff. What would he do? Uh, well, he was doing. He did Viva Las Vegas. Yep. Uh, interesting version of Viva Las Vegas. In honor then he, of Elvis. Then he did. Then they had to do the uh, got to fight for your right to party. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Beastie Boys. Run out. He was. I, he, he was full on wrestling mode. He he was. He was straight up WWE mode up there. He he was just going crazy. He was just yelling and screaming and singing, and it was. Uh, did he let any expletives fly? I don't think. Surprisingly, he, did. he didn't. Yeah, I don't like. He was clean. I yeah. I was like, because that was like, I was like, this could go anywhere. I'm sure the the sensors were ready. He did keep it. Yeah, I think I, I think the folks he kept it completely clean. Then he of course went down, and everybody had to get him on camera. Him and Taylor's. Kissing and everything else that, mm-hmm. uh, that people, I'm sure, were flocking to catch that moment when they got down there. Uh, but yeah, he was—he was—he was something, man. He was—he was on one at that point. I—I I don't know if he had gotten into the champagne early somehow, like he had <laughs> ran back to the locker room, done a few shots, what it was. But boy, oh boy, he was—he was—he was something. It, it was so late, and I was at a party. And I was helping clean up, and I had to get back and put the show together. So I, I didn't care to watch the post game. But one thing I know I'm going to have is football withdrawal. I think a lot of people that that is a that is a real thing. I know we have the UFL coming up, uh, or the um, yeah United Football League. That's correct uh, with the showboat. So we'll have some football in the spring. We'll have spring football for the colleges, for the universities, including the University of Memphis, Ole Miss, and all the area schools. But it's not the NFL, and there's a void. I think every year once the NFL season ends. Yes, we got. The Daytona 500 this weekend. We got NBA All-Star Weekend. We have NBA games. We have the, if you're into golf, obviously, we're getting closer to the Masters. We have the Combine coming up. And before too long, the draft will be here. We have spring training opening up for Major League Baseball. But it's not the same when you don't have the NFL, or really college football for that matter. Uh, They're the kings. The NFL is always going to be the kings. And college football is the princes. They're right behind. But there's going to be a little bit of withdrawal. Uh, Texter says uh, Mahomes has done the same thing to Andy Reid during regular season games, and then throws in that uh, Seraphil best commercial. That well, was good. That was a good one, Michael Sarah. That was very good. That was a good commercial. Well, when Mahomes comes after you and he screams at you with that squeaky Mickey Mouse voice, I don't think you're startled by that. Travis Kelsey a little bit meaner. He he's the roar of a lion. All right, so tell me about tell me about the ads. Um, I didn't see it. I mean, again, I could see them. I couldn't hear them. I know that Schwarzenegger made a return, and then Danny DeVito was at the end of these commercials. The Schwar- I, I actually liked the Schwarzenegger commercial. I thought that was uh, I thought that was good. I thought the I did think the Seraphil one was good with Michael Sarah. I thought the Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Tom Brady one was was pretty good. Yeah, what was going on with that one? So obviously for Duncan, right? Was yeah, it, it was, was it for Dunkin' they were, Donuts? They were trying out for uh, the J-Lo video or whatever and doing the performance or whatever. And then she says, um, she kicks out, like, kicks about with it. She says, Tom, you can stay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did notice that there were two different commercials. I just, it caught my eye again. I didn't, I couldn't hear it. 
where it was four different actors that were in suits, the TV series Suits, which they're running the the reruns now, I guess, on, I don't know if it's Hulu or whatever. Maybe it's Netflix. But obviously, Meghan Markle was part of that. She wasn't part of those commercials. It was the four, the four other main actors in that series. I keep thinking they're maybe re- reboot that series without Markle because they also made an appearance, um, the two guys, in, um, was it the... Grammy Awards or the Golden Globes or something. They made an appearance. It couldn't have been the Grammys. It was Golden Globes or whatever. And um, you just feel that maybe that's coming. So I saw those those actors. It's uh, just because that they've now that it's on Netflix, people have actually found the show. So it is Netflix. Okay, yeah. so that's what it is. But they really promoted. I saw the those weird but funny. Um, is it Paramount commercials where they have the animated dudes? The, the, the Paramount dudes. the Paramount Plus one with uh, with Tua. That was really good. That was that was that one was really good. And who's the older actor? Um, I don't know who the guy is. But oh, I, don't what's, know his, what, I don't know his Patrick? name. What's his name? Yes, yes. That was James Patrick, right? What's his last name? Patrick. I thought he had like three names. Is that his last name, Patrick? I don't. I don't know. It's his not name. Neil Patrick but Harris. That, that was that one. That was really good. That that one I will I'll say. Oh, and I I the Cetaphil is the one they said. I'm trying to think about the Cetaphil one. I was thinking of Seraphil with the Michael Sarah one. Isn't that, isn't that called Seraphil? Well, maybe that's... Or is that Sarah something else? What is that? It's Seraphil, right? I don't know what Cetaphil... What's the Cetaphil one? But is that the real name of it, or did they they play off his name? Because it's Sarah. Maybe it's really called the other thing, and then they played off it with Seraphil. Is it really called Seraphil? I don't know what that is. I think the I think it's called Seraphil, unless it's Sarah something. But there And I guess there's a Cetaphil, too. I don't know what Cetaphil yeah, is. Yeah, there had to be some kind of Sarah connection, yeah, right? So that, that's that was Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart. Okay. Not Harris. You yeah, no. Throw the kid. Because they had Creed <laughs> playing in the background. Yeah, Creed makes said, a return. Said, throw the kid. Throw. The, and he opens up his little wristband, and it says, throw the kid. And then and once he threw, uh, that was Hey Arnold, by the way. And then once he threw Hey Arnold, he was like, I need some pig skin. And then he looked at Peppa Pig. <laughs> yeah, well, Peppa it was, Pig was at the Like, that one was, that, that was, that one was. That was funny. Like there was, there was, there like because when two was like, if I only had a football, <laughs> I could get. To, they're like, what about a football shaped head? <laughs> well, they could. I guess they could. I'm not throwing the kid. <laughs> you know, would have been perfect for that, but he's not. I guess it's Fox, and there's no connection with Paramount, right? Is would be uh, Stewie Griffin, who actually has a football for a head. Could? It's Sarah V, not Sarah Phil. I was thinking Sarah yeah. Phil. It's Sarah V said a Phil. Um, um, another but, good one. I guess for me, uh, it's the the Christopher Walken. The oh, yeah. I keep hearing about everybody Christopher Walken talking had a great one. Well, somebody who was the first one because they like nailed the impression. Who the heck was it that was the very very beginning that like did the first impression? What they were they were impersonating Walken because everybody has that was that it? impersonation down. <laughs> was it the, just the per, was it like a. No, it's a it's an Asian actor. I don't know who it was. Yeah, but it was just like yeah, because he did a really good impression. If if I remember correctly, he the first one was like really good. I got to look that one up during the break. I, again, I haven't seen any of them. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing a few of those when I got an op- opportunity to do so. But again, if you have a thought on your your favorite commercials, that's always a thing. Coincides with the game itself. Uh, hit us up, 360-8255, 901-360-8255. All right, when we come back, we get into basketball. 
The Tigers have now won three straight games. We'll look around the country. We'll take a look at the SEC as well. We'll talk Grizzlies. That's all coming up as we continue uh, right here on Sports 56 Mornings on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56, 98.5 FM. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. Genuine diamonds, baby. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. I watched the talking like walk, walking commercial during the break. That is funny as hell. That was good. Really, really good. Didn't um, I don't know if they were actors or just... Well, they're actors, I'm sure, but just like big names. I don't know if any of those people were big names. I just didn't notice that until Usher comes in at the very end. But that was a really good commercial. Uh, Andrew says, as a guy with two daughters, the uh, Kia commercial with the ice skating daughter and grandfather got me pretty good. Didn't see that. I don't remember. Uh, Another good one. Uh, They had uh, Willie Nelson, Snoop Dogg, and Martha Stewart pass the lighter. (laughs) I didn't see that one either. (laughs) I saw the two older Hispanic ladies who were trying to get the Doritos. That was dumb. And that was at the end. That was the girl that plays plays, um, on uh, Adam's Family, right? What's, what's it called? Wednesday? What's her name? Tuesday or Wednesday? Adam, Wednesday Adams. Is it Wednesday? <laughs> Tuesday, Wednesday. Wednesday Adams. Thursday, what's her name? Yeah, the girl. Happy pl- days. Yeah, the girl Ortega or whatever. Jen- Jenna. Jenna. Yeah, yeah she, she Jenna was that, that one. I, that, I saw I, that. That one was. That I, was stupid. I, I, was not a, I was not a fan of that I didn't one. know they were dudes dressed as grandmothers. Or like, <laughs> after being down at Mardi Gras, I don't know anymore. I mean, people dress like who they are. I just, I can't um, tell. The uh, Texas, the Cetaphil commercial wasn't actors. It was actually a real dad and his daughter who've been watching games together this year. That's cool. I did see the, and they've done this kind of commercial in the past where the kids running and none of the NFL guys are there. Like, Bar- um, you had Saquon Barkley was involved. Other guys were involved. And running through things. The ball gets knocked out of the hands. They've done that kind of thing before, and they're always well done. Really well done. All right, let's shift gears. Let's talk some. Tigers, Tigers playing on Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, yesterday, and knocking off Tulane in one of their revenge games. They still got to try to get some revenge, extract some revenge at the hands of UAB, a team that uh, beat them in Birmingham. Tulane beat them in New Orleans for a third straight year, but Memphis gets the win yesterday, 90-78. to They improved to 18-6, and 7-4 in the conference. Still sitting in sixth place, though, in the American Conference because of the results of the weekend with other teams ahead of them. But this was a game in which the Tigers just jumped all over Tulane, ran away with it, had a 25-point lead at one point, which is the second-largest lead of the season at 25 points. But once again, in typical Memphis fashion, they can't win by 30 or 35 it whittles away, and in the second half of that game, Tulane puts up 49 points, outscores Memphis 49-44. Now, the Tigers didn't wilt. They just didn't play as aggressively defensively. Give Tulane credit. They kind of hung in there. Memphis still gets a nice double-digit win, and it's you hate it that margin of victory is so important when it comes to the net and the Ken Palm, but it is, and that's just a couple of the analytics that I'm sure – 
the selection committee will look at. They'll look at a ton of different things. But the Tigers get a 12-point win. Could have been a 30-point win. David Jones, 23-10, and 10, four assists, two steals, one block. You had Naquan Tomlin going for 16, although he did not shoot the ball well. He had four rebounds. Javon Quinterly, another outstanding all-around game, 18.6 assists, five rebounds, three steals. You even saw Jordan Brown get into some action, got seven points and three rebounds. Again, the Tigers with their third straight win as they take down Tulane. Yeah, certainly the first half um, defensively was fantastic. I mean, 8 of 29 um, held Tulane to in that first half. Second half, with a big lead, I mean, again, it's it's kind of expected that you're probably – you're not going to be out there playing as hard on the defensive end. So certainly you don't want to give up 49 points. Shouldn't They shouldn't be giving up 49 points in a half. Um, but with the big lead, some of that is understandable. Um, certainly good that um, you had David Jones and Javon Quinterly to shoot threes um, since they were 8 out of 12 and the rest of the team was 1 out of 12 um, in the game. Looks like Jaquan Walton has gone back into another one of his shooting slumps. Yes, he is. As he's now, he was 0 for 4. I think that's was that 0 for 8 or 0 for 9 the last two games from three-point range for him. But Jones is just right now, um, it just offensively just does whatever he wants to do. He, he's knocking down threes. He's been on fire from three. And if he's on fire from three, there's nothing you could do to possibly stop him. Um, and you get Quinterly going as well, um, shooting the ball like that. Certainly that is a hell of a one-two combination. And um, yeah, again, at home, you you got to take care of business against these teams and good to, to see them get off to a fast start, jump out, um, and and you'll know, get the big lead early, whatever it was, 20, with 25 to six or whatever, right off the bat. Um, just kind of put a get put kind of put a game away early and uh be able to somewhat cruise from there. I'll give Walton credit, even though he's hit another shooting slump, he did end up uh putting some good points or good um numbers on the board for other categories. He had six rebounds, he had four assists, he had two steals, so he contributed in other ways. Uh, the Tigers with 21 assists and 11 turnovers. So Penny has been very demonstrative about his team going two for one. 20 assists, 10 or less turnovers. Very close, right? 21, obviously, they went over that mark with assists. One more turnover than he'd like. He'd actually like single digits, you know, nine maximum. But 21-11, you'll take that any day of the week. Uh, from a shooting standpoint, they shot 37.5% for the game from three. As you mentioned, two guys doing most of that damage. Did miss 10 more free throws. So they were under 70%. And they have been a good free throw shooting team to the last few games. you got to make those free throws. Now, Jordan Brown was one of five getting action. He gets hacked. He struggles at the free throw line, again, shooting one for five. But now comes the stretch where the Tigers have some really big games. Now, Tulane's okay, but they're not that good, and they're not that good away from New Orleans. Now you're going to play teams that are the better teams in the conference, the teams that Memphis is trying to catch that are ahead of them. You have the Texas two-step coming up. North Texas on Thursday. North Texas is right behind Memphis in the standings. They're seventh, but they've had some good wins. And then at SMU. And we know SMU's tough, especially at home. That's on Sunday. So they're going to stay in Texas in the Dallas Metroplex area. 
They're not going to come home. They're going to stay for those two games. Pivotal games. You still have to play Florida Atlantic, home and home. You still have to play Charlotte, one of the surprises in the league, but you get them at home. You do get UAB in the revenge game at home, and you have to play at East Carolina. Three in a row. We've talked about it where I think they have to, the only loss they could take would be at Florida Atlantic because we saw around the country this weekend, Eli, Gonzaga pick up a huge win against Kentucky. Michigan State pick up a huge win against Illinois. These are all bubble teams. Believe it or not, the names of Michigan State and Zach are bubble teams. That hurts Memphis when those teams are picking up significant wins. Memphis beating Tulane at home is not a significant win. Winning at Temple, which should have been a 25-point win, ends up being a single-digit win. Was it? Yeah, I think it was single digits. Again, not a significant win. The games are coming up on the road. These are better teams, so you're going to get more of a, of a hit in a positive way. If you beat a North Texas, if you beat an SMU, if you lose, even though they're road games, it's still critical. It doesn't necessarily punch you out if you lose one of these two, but you're I think you're on um, life support. And then, of course, you have still Florida Atlantic, as I mentioned, to play those two games. So they took care of business. They look good. Ron Hunter, the coach of Tulane, said this about Memphis. If they play the way they did in the first half, they're the best team in the league. Bar none. That's what Ron Hunter said, the first half of the best team in the league. But for Memphis, they don't play 40 complete minutes, and that's troublesome. Yeah, this week is massive, um, you know, with those two games. SMU will be a quad one win uh, or quad one game for sure. Uh, North Texas keeps is teetering around the 70 mark, probably is not going to be a quad one uh, game for the Tigers. Um, but certainly um, – would be you know a good you know the, the two road wins that you need for the resume. Um, certainly, again, SMU is a quad one game, um, but it, and but not really games you can afford to lose. <laughs> These aren't great teams that you lose on the road. You kind of go, okay, well that's fine. Like they're just they're not that good enough teams to, for you to just say that. Interesting enough, um, Ken Palm. Ken Baum only has the Tigers with a 38% chance of winning at North Texas and a 28% chance of winning at, at SMU. Wow. Um, he Shockingly has losing, low. Losing by four against North Texas, losing by seven against SMU. Um, but, yeah, I mean, one and one really isn't acceptable. Like, you, you, need, you, you need two wins uh, out of this trip. Now, if you if you lose one of those two and sweep Florida Atlantic, I think you're in pretty darn good shape. But nothing's guaranteed. You have to make a good run in the conference tournament. You go bail out in the in the first round or second round, whenever that you know they would play their first game, that would be devastating. But if you lose one of these and lose that game at Florida Atlantic, I think your at large chances are gone, and you'd have to win the AQ. Tiger is currently 75 in the net, 77 in Ken Palm. Uh, but again, a chance this week, uh, you would think, to to move up if you go 2-0. and They are 3-2 and in quad one games right now. Again, SMU will be a quad one game. They're also, Virginia is at 32 in the net right now. So Virginia keeps winning. That could end up becoming a quad one game as well. So if you get Virginia to keep winning, Tigers beat SMU, suddenly you could be up to five quad one wins 
um, if things go right. Clemson is teetering. Right now, Clemson is quad one. They're at number 29. They're teetering around that 30 mark as well. But um, if, you know, easily at this point next week, theoretically, you could have five quad one wins, which would look really, really good. As I said, the teams ahead of them, <clears throat> they were they were teetering over the weekend. There could have been some losses, but they, for the most part, all came back and won their games. Uh, USF beat Rice 69-65 in Houston. That was a tight game. East Carolina, UTSA, again, that game meaningless as far as the teams ahead of Memphis because neither one are, but East Carolina won that one 84-73. Florida Atlantic went to overtime against Wichita State but end up rolling in overtime, 95-82. to 82. UAB was struggling at Tulsa, but the Blazers win 70-63. Charlotte, a close one in Philly against Temple, 73-70, but they win. And then SMU takes down North Texas in a close one, 71-68. So again, Memphis sitting at 6th, in 6th place in the American Conference. North Texas right behind in seventh place. We wondered if that last seven minutes plus against Wichita State, in which the Tigers were able to rally from 14 down to save their season, if that would ignite the fire. Again, Temple, they played well. Let down in the second half. They played extremely well for the most part against Tulane. A little bit of a letdown in that second half. But maybe it is starting that ignition up where we can see this run for the Tigers with a three-game winning streak. But again, the harder games are on the horizon, and this week is absolutely pivotal. Let's take some of your calls, read some of your texts at 901-360-8255. Melvin will start us off. Hi, Melvin. Hey, how you doing? Good, thank you. I want Let me hit on a couple of points. Uh, first, about, you know, the guy yesterday in the net and all that. Like, you know, I, I said it last week about they blew the 20-some point lead at Temple. And like this week, like Penny said, we're getting up to point, too many points in the second half. What I tell you, like the first half, Tulane turned the ball over like 11 times. The second half, they didn't because he kept pressing and they kept getting open shots and or people out of, out of place and they were getting the rebound. So that's why they scored 49 points because he didn't stick to the base defense. And George Brown, he had a good game, but they went to their well too many times. Like David Jones scored his points on like he barely got shots. Like in the first half, I'm like, he got 13 points, and he got, like, he had him, like, six, five or six shots. So, and, you know, like, in Jaquan Wilder, I've been, I call, I've been calling and saying it, like, like, Tomlin had 16 points, and he took Wilder, and now that he put Wilder in trying to get his stats up, because Penny's a nice guy. <laughs> and, but he just got to realize, man, you got to get those net points up, because they're right, lost. And second, let me hit on something, what you said, now. The media and the fans, because it's a, it's a call. I use a call in. I know we're going to call in today. You see what Jaquan Washington did. We Folks killed Alex Lomax every game, even when we win. He had six points, five rebounds, three or six, two steals, take two charges. Mm-hmm. But they, they, but they, but it's cool when a, when, when Jaden Washington or when Boogie Ellis were doing it. But we dogged, we dogged the Jay. We dogged it. Well, he played Memphis guy. We got to stop doing it. That's why I be up front about that. We can't do that. Like, this guy's been terrible. He gets 30 minutes, and Pierre outscores him. Jaden outscores him. Like, you playing 30 minutes, you're not giving us nothing. So we can't, well, like, l- let people- me say this. Let me say to your point. I think you I think you make a good point. I think, I think you're right. And I've, in the past, dogged 
Alex Lomax. Alex Lomax had a solid career, but people made Alex Lomax sound like he was the greatest thing since sliced bread. They're not doing that with Jaquan Walton. Alex Lomax is a better all-around player than Jaquan Walton. Walton has struggled for the most part with his shooting. What I was praising yesterday was that at least he was able to fill the other stats up and do positive things. It's like Quinterly the other night when he missed his first 12 shots and then made his 13th. He at least had a bunch of assists, not as many turnovers as he had been getting. So I was praising them for the positives that came out of a game where they struggled shooting-wise. Lomax, better all-around player than Jaquan Walton. No question about it. I think it's a good point you make, Melvin. Thank you, my friend. Take care. All right. Keith is next. Hey, Keith, welcome to the show. All right. How y'all doing this morning? Good. How are you? <laughs> Monday, Monday morning after whatever. Super Bowl, <laughs> man. Super that's Bowl. tough, man. We need we need a national holiday. Although we'd, we'd still be doing a show, I'm sure. So <laughs> either way, it wouldn't affect us. All right. I think Penny is shrinking the lineup a little. I think his son probably had a little bit too many minutes. And Dandry's, I don't understand, only seven minutes. Brown didn't have a great game. I mean, it, it, he was okay, but I don't understand Dandry's only well, seven couldn't, minutes. Dandry's couldn't quit fouling. He had four fouls in seven <laughs> minutes. So he just can't. I mean, the okay, foul okay. troubles were the Dandridge problem. Well, Dandry, they, he needs some counseling on uh, anger management or something. All right. <laughs> And Jones and Quinterly did good. Um, uh, Jones had 10 rebounds. That was huge. He might used to get 10 rebounds. He's a good rebounder. He really is, though. He has six double-doubles this year. Yeah. And Tomlin, Tomlin had a bad game. Five for 14 on field goals, zero for four on three-pointers. He did six for six on free throws. That right. was good. Right. And um, I don't know. That's about all I got. To, all right. uh, that's about all I got to share. Thank you, Keith. Had a good all right, my friend. Sorry, Keith. Keith's just reading the box score numbers. Um, so as far as shrinking the bench, shrinking the rotation. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay, played nine guys, which is maybe a, a player more than what most people expect. Sharon Font played, but only a minute fifty-two, and then Noah Stansbury came in. Now. I have no idea. I was coming back from New Orleans. I wasn't at this game. I don't know why Ashton didn't play. Was he ill? Jalen Young, remember, has been out with a, a foot injury, I think it is. Mm-hmm. So Jalen Young's going to play. And Ashton has played in pretty much every game. So I don't know how much shrinking he is going to do with that rotation. Let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, again, I, yeah, I would assume that Ashton didn't play because... Um, he may have been was, ill. He was shrinking the rotation. But I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. He may have been ill. And the Jordan Brown thing, I, I think that was mainly because Dandridge had the foul issues. Again, he, Dandridge kept, you know, had four fouls in the seven minutes that he played. So that that's led a good to, point. to the minutes for Brown, I think. I would assume that's probably why Brown got the minutes he got. So you know, if Dandridge hadn't been in foul trouble, does that mean Brown doesn't play? Um, and then you're basically down to eight guys at that point. Um, but, Brown, but Brown in 15 minutes... Three for five from the field. He had seven points. He missed four free throws, which was bad. Three rebounds, two turnovers, an assist, a steal. Not great, not eye-popping, but compared to what he has done, which has been off the team pretty much, was AWOL, hasn't played much since he came back, early in the season struggled. He actually gave him decent minutes, gave Penny decent minutes. But I think you're right about 
Dandridge being in foul trouble, that gave Jordan Brown an opportunity. But I remember early in that first half, I was listening to the game coming back. He ran Brown and Malco out at the same time because he told me that personally when I asked him. I said, could you run those two together? This was before Brown left the team. He said, yes, kind of their version of of the Twin Towers. Again, Ashton, I don't know. I would think he would have been in there in mop-up time if he was healthy. He may be, and it just may have been a DNP. Jalen Young, injury not, I don't think, severe unless something has happened there. He's going to play Jaden. He's going to play Jonathan Pierre. Now, appears to be in the rotation. Um, He's had a couple of good games and ended up going six uh, for six points. Only shot the ball three times, made two. One was a dunk, made his two free throws. So, I don't know. To see an eight-man rotation from Penny, I want to see it to believe it. I just don't think it's going to be possible. Yeah, I, I would think we'll find out this week. I would I would assume these games will be you know closer games. I don't think they're going to be blowouts. So you're, you'll see, um, and they're they're huge games. So we'll see who he trusts um, and what he wants to do in big games on the road, and who those guys are that he's he's going to going to go with. Yeah, I don't. Again, I do I expect him to play seven guys? No, I expect him to play ten. But um, we'll see. Uh, we'll get a much better idea this week with the two games that they have on at tap. With the Tigers on the road this week, of course, if you're looking for a place to watch the games, you can always do that over at East Coast Wings. Of course, yesterday with the Super Bowl, big crowd up there watching the game, having a good time as there always is. Any any sports that are on, they've got them on all the TVs up there and a great time with the great food, great drinks, great atmosphere, everything else. 60 different flavors of wings for you to choose from that uh, you could take advantage of. Find something for everybody on that list of flavors there. Of course, they've got 24 draft beers on tap. Beyond the wings, their burgers and flatbreads and all kinds of other great things on the menu. Mondays, like today, 75-cent boneless wings all day long. Monday through Friday from 3.30 to 6.30 is happy hour with two-for-one draft beers, bucket specials, and more. It's East Coast Wings and Grill, located just off Highway 64 between Lowe's and Walmart on Kate Hyde Boulevard. East Coast Wings and Grill. All right, more of your calls and texts. We're talking some Tigers. We'll do that when we continue right here on Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. Diamonds are forever! Woo! Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Shout out to the University of Memphis M Club Hall of Fame class. They were inducted into the Hall of Fame over the weekend. That class included former Memphis Tiger Kelly Wise. We've been talking some Tigers basketball here in the last 30 minutes of the program. Want to get back to your calls in Texas. The Tigers make it three in a row with a strong performance yesterday, beating Tulane 92-78. Aren't they all former Memphis Tigers? What's that? The people inducted into the Tiger Hall of Fame? Former Memphis Tiger basketball player. Oh, okay. That's what I meant. Uh, Mike is first. I hope they were all Memphis Tigers. Yes. I don't think we're any former Tennessee Volunteers going into the Memphis Hall of Fame. Couple from Delta State. (laughs) Mike, how are you? Hey, good morning. Happy Monday to you guys. You too. Hey, I was just listening to a comparison that uh, uh, Jimmy made yeah, just a few minutes ago. He was talking about Alex Lomax versus Walton. Yes. And Alex Lomax was uh, one of our best on-ball defenders, and 
on the perimeter. He was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could use that now. But um, they didn't guard Alex Lomax, and they do guard Walton. So that makes us better offensively. Uh, Walton, when he shoots, there's somebody trying to stay on him. He's a threat. And with his size, he can go inside. And the Tigers have scored over 100 points twice, and they could have four times. So I think we're really good offensively. And it seems like when uh, Jaden Hardaway gets in, the defense kind of, you know, the, the communication's not as well uh, as it is before. And so I think that's when they kind of, you know, taper off some. Mm-hmm. But the analytics of uh, quiet one, quiet two, the only thing I'm looking at is can they win three games in the ACC? I think yes. Yeah, can yeah. they win five in the NCAA? I think yes. I think the, the Tigers are fine. All right. Okay. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate that. Let's go from Mike to another Mike. It's a very optimistic view. He's very optimistic. Mike, how are you? Yeah, uh, yeah. we need some help with our big men shooting free throws. That's usually the start of when we start going backwards is these guys – Except for uh, the kid from Kansas State, the rest of them at best shoot fifty percent. Yeah, Tomlin was six for six. Uh, Jordan Brown is not a good free throw shooter, and, and if you go, goes not and right. It if you go with the bigs, to, uh, Nicholas Rodin's not that has turned into a bad one, you know. Yeah, and if you go with the bigs, and you're going to have to have somebody in there, right? Especially if you're going up against big teams, uh, there could be the old, you know, the hack a shack yeah. type thing on those players. Yeah, yeah. I, I look uh, the substitution. The only problem I have with Penny about the substitution is when he does it. I mean, he substitutes sometimes the team's playing fine, and why are you substituting? And yeah. not only substituting, you're substituting three or four guys at one time. It it's is like, it's interesting. Like two minutes, sometimes it's like three minutes into the game. Yeah, his, Again, David Jones came out of the game three minutes in at Temple when he had five points, a steal, a couple rebounds, and he's out of the game three minutes I in. Agree, I agree with you, Mike. His substitution um, substitution timing and, and when he does it, you know, that that's... It's, yeah. it's his prerogative, but yeah, we've all questioned that. Well, I mean, like, you know, like Jonathan Beer is coming on, and of course he wouldn't have came on if he hadn't got any playing time. It seems like he's coming on, and it's nice to have a 6'10 guy out there in front playing defense, but, uh, you know, it's just like I said, it's the, it's when he does it that kind of drives you crazy. Yeah, I got you, Mike. Thank you. Uh, I mean, it's interesting because he made a good point about Pierre and, and playing time. We've seen a lot, especially earlier in the year, when Penny really went deep into his bench and would bring in a guy like Pierre or Sharon Font or maybe even Ashton, and they'd end up playing two minutes because they would make a mistake or something he didn't see that he liked, and that would be it for those players. So my thought is if you're going to bring in somebody in your rotation, it needs to be somebody who's going to be in there that can play a while, that can produce that can have some continuity with the rest of those players. Well, he started Pierre and only let him play five minutes in a game. Yeah, that's another problem. But you got to be able to give your studs a spell every once in a while. That's what those reserves are for. Now, certainly you're hoping to get some kind of uh, impact, hoping they make an impact. But when you start going really, really deep, you're throwing guys in, the continuity is off, the combinations may have never actually been on the floor together before or if they have very sparingly. You don't want to lose momentum. Yes, the the thought of replacing... I know Penny's strategy coming in as a coach was always, we're going to be high-tempo, up-tempo, we're going to pressure you, we're going to go really, really hard, 
And then those guys are going to be exhausted, so we're going to take them out of the game, and then we're going to bring in a bunch of other guys. And that's fine if those guys are exhausted. They've given all they can do. But three minutes into the game, four minutes into the game, before the first media timeout even, making a substitution at that point doesn't make a lot of sense. Again, I'm going to be very interested. You made a good point about this week. North Texas SMU. These are extremely important. They all are, but these are extremely important games to make all those other games that much more of a factor, that much more important, you needed to take care of business. And it's not going to be easy with two road games. So how deep are you going to go with your rotation? Are you going to stick with the guys who got you there? Fleet Feet, the place to go to get all your running gear, get shoes that are just right for you. You might go and see the folks at Fleet Feet. They take a look at the way you run or walk, and they'll fit you with shoes that are perfect for you based on the mechanics of how you run or walk. Plus, any other gear that you need, they've got you taken care of over at Fleet Feet, plus advice or whatever. Hey, they're all runners. They can help you with that as well. You can get involved with their group runs and other things they've got going. You can find them online to find out about those things at FleetFeetMemphis.com. They're also on social media, keeping you up to date. But you can find them in person in the Laurelwood Shopping Center in East Memphis and out in Collierville at Poplar and Houston Levy next to Huey's. The two locations for you to go see the folks at Fleet Feet. All right, when we come back, hour number three, we'll dive into the rest of the uh, the college basketball weekend, specifically the SEC. Some surprises nationally and also the Grizzlies who are back in action tonight. They'll host the Pelicans. We'll continue to take your calls and texts on the Super Bowl on the Tigers. 360-8255. That's 901-360-8255. Or hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or on the website, sportsmemphis.com. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. 